0: Hello, my podcast listeners. Thank you for joining me today. You're listening to the In Search of God's Instructions podcast. I'm your host, Shirley Vincent, and every week I invite you to join me for support and encouragement on your journey to a deeper understanding of the spiritual way that God wants His children to live. We are all in the spiritual walk of life together, but no matter the storms you face, if you search for His instructions, He will bring you through. encourage you to visit my website at https://insearchofgodsinstructions.org and download my free guide to helping you get started with building your relationship with God. Let us begin with the prayer. Thank you, Father, for this day of coming together once again for the study of your Word. Be with us as we search the scriptures regarding what you are giving to us in these last days that we are living in. Bless us with understanding, discernment, knowledge, and wisdom as we take what you have given us to apply these words to the times that we're living in today. Let us see the light along your path as we try to make sense of all the things that are happening, not just in our country, but in the world today. These things, Father, we ask and pray for in the name of Yeshua, our Lord and our Savior. I apologize to you for previous podcasts that I have recorded. I realize that many of those podcasts have a noise background. The software that I've been using to record my podcasts, it was difficult for me to get the noise out of the background. But in any case, now I'm using some different technical devices and hopefully I won't have this noise issue in my podcast going forward from here. But for my listeners, I thank you for hanging in there with me. Even though the sound coming across in the recordings may have been difficult for you, yet you've hung in there for me. And I am truly grateful and thankful. And I'm hoping that the messages that I've been relaying to you through my podcast have somehow touched your souls, encouraged you in your spiritual walk with the Messiah and as a child of God, and has strengthened you and caused you to become a light to someone else in your life, as you have learned of the knowledge of God and His will. I was standing at my kitchen sink preparing dinner on Friday evening, and I received a vision. And in the vision, there was a woman in the bathroom washing her hands, And from all that I could see in the short vision was that I had the sense that it was her home because of the lighting in the room where she was washing her hands. So obviously, she was at her sink in her bathroom, washing her hands, and I could tell she was quite wealthy. Not only was she wealthy, she was preparing to go out to celebrate, the thing that she was going to celebrate was getting Joe Biden elected into the office of president. She was going to be with a group of other women, a coven of witches. And just like that, the vision went away. Once I knew what she was thinking, why she was washing her hands, preparing to go out for a celebration for Joe Biden's victory, I realized Oh, it's a coven of them, a coven of witches preparing to celebrate the victory of getting Joe Biden elected. And when I realized that, the vision suddenly went away. After the vision went away, I wondered to myself, how powerful is this witch and those who are in her coven? And I thought, but you know what, Father God, I am placing this in your hands. I thank you for revealing it to me because it gave me answers as to how these ballots were coming in to these various state locations and all of them being counted in favor of Joe Biden. It is a group that's working together. I've come to realize this world has reached a place where evilness and wickedness abounds. And the Messiah has to come back. God is not going to relinquish or let up on his timeline for cleaning out this world because it has become so corrupt. that so there is really no cure for it. He has to clean it up. He has to wash it away, like in the days of Noah. And although he's not going to wash it away by flood this time, he will wash it away by fire. In the meantime, we as his people are required to keep watch, to stay prayed up, and to apply God's instructions in our lives. Each of us can expect by doing this that we will receive great tribulation for going through what we're going through. But remember that God has said we will face tribulation when we're walking according to his instructions. Tribulation will come. And in the end, a reward will come. A reward will come for those of us who's doing our best, who are doing our best to live a righteous life, according to his instructions, and to be used as his vessels in this world to fight against the forces of evil. And a reward will be given to those who choose to fight on the side of, of evil and surround themselves with Satan's demons. The things that we are going through are not only tasking our ability to cope when it comes to our religious health or our relationship with God, but they're also tasking our ability to cope with daily life as our lives have changed drastically since December of last year. I, for one, have had two deaths. Of two people that were close to me since January of this year. And although their deaths were not related to COVID or coronavirus, nevertheless, I can only imagine families who have had multiple deaths that have been related to coronavirus or COVID-19. Many people have lost their jobs, their homes, lost income, and their lives have been drastically changed. And many are seeking life to go back to normal as it once was. I wish I could give you some good news on that and tell you that from the Word of God, we can expect things to get better and we can expect our lives to go back to a place of normalcy where we don't have to worry about money a roof over our heads. We don't have to worry about the basic things in life. The good news is our redemption is a lot closer than we think it is. Yes, we have a lot of rough days ahead of us. Things are going to get tougher. But keep in mind that Yeshua tells us when we start to see the things happening in the world that are happening now, we are to look up because our redemption is drawing near. And we are not to forget that we must hold on until the very end. This is the time that your faith in Elohim and our Messiah Yeshua will be put to the greatest test. This is why it is so very important for you to stay in the word. Stay up on current events that are taking place within the governments, not just here in the United States, but also throughout the world. Because what is taking place right now in the world is that you are in a spiritual war. And physical things are happening during this war. So you must keep your eyes on the physical things that are happening, and you must keep your eyes on the spiritual things that are happening. For example, the election here in the United States. In a lot of our minds, we see that one man is being replaced by another man to be the leader in the United States. What most people are not paying attention to is the spiritual implications of this change. And the spiritual implication starts in the home. Satan's greatest weapon is to destroy the family unit. Implement laws and policies in order to divide the family members. Now is the time to be in the Word of God, learning what His Word says how we are to take care of our family, how we are to teach our children, and what is required of us to keep the family together and always do the right thing. Always keep God in prayer. Always seek his guidance throughout the day and daily ask him to give us spiritual discernment and understanding, wisdom and knowledge as we pay attention to what is going on around us. Because Satan's main target are the people of God, those who are keeping the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua, our Savior, Yehovah. God the Father has set a timeline on the things that are happening in this world. The majority of leaders who are into biblical prophecy, are aware of this. Whether you are of a Christian denomination, a Catholic denomination, or whatever denomination you are of in this world, the point is, most people who have been studying biblical prophecy for a while have been aware that these days were coming. But perhaps like me, I didn't expect to see these days happen during my lifetime. On God's span of time, One day for God is as 1,000 years for the human race. A lot of people have been mocking the fact that biblical prophecy is saying that the Messiah is returning, the Messiah will soon be here. And I had one young man say to me, you guys have been saying that for years and years now. He hasn't returned yet. Well, he didn't return during my grandparents' lifetime or during my mother's lifetime. And if he doesn't return during my lifetime, he is certain to return during the lifetime of my children because God keeps his promises. He always keeps his promises. And he tells us that when we start to see things happen in this world, we should be preparing ourselves to stand before him and receive judgment from him for the way we have each lived our lives here on this earth. God is the creator of the world. God is the creator of the human race. God is the creator of this planet, the galaxy, everything involving it and the universe he created. Whether we like it or not is irrelevant. What matters is that his words are sure, his words are true, and his words do not go out from him and return void. What we can thank him for is that he has given us the basic necessities of what we need to receive a judgment for life when we stand before him, as opposed to receiving a judgment for eternal destruction being separated from him. And for that reason, we will be looking at what his word has to say regarding these days that we're living in. The best way to explain what is going on is to remind you in my previous podcast, you have often heard me say, in the eyes of God, there are only two categories of people in the world. Yes, He created the entire human race, but He gave us a choice. And He only gave us a choice from one of two categories. And that is either we are going to follow His instructions and be a part of His kingdom, or we're going to choose to not follow His instructions and not be a part of his kingdom. At the end of the day, being a part of his kingdom comes down to one of two things, eternal life in his presence, or eternal torment. And he will never hear our cries again. We will never make it out of that torment. And I've gone through this on previous podcasts. And you see these things from beginning, really, in the prophets and the New Testament, what we call the New Testament. In the prophets and in the apostles, almost all of the prophets speak of eternal life with our father or eternal death separated from him. And death is an eternal torment. I'm not going to go back into whether or not uh, death is you just die and that's it. That is a Greek philosophy. Whenever you're reading the Bible, especially when you're looking at it from an English language perspective. You have to remember that what we have here in the English language is watered down from what was given to the children of God, our ancestors, the ones he chose out of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to take his message to the entire world. When he chose this group of people to have a covenant with, he gave them one set of instructions and all mankind on the face of the earth are held to his standard of judgment from these instructions. Doesn't matter whether we like it or not. It doesn't matter whether you're born of the tribes of Israel or not. And the reason it doesn't matter is because when we are standing before him in judgment, we will receive the reward that goes with our choice for life to live our lives on this earth according to his instructions or our choice to not live our lives according to his instructions. It is within his power. He is the one who has made the decisions of what the reward is. And he is the one who will judge us based on our actions in this world that will lead to him separating us into one category of judgment as opposed to another. So how does all of this tie into what we're going through today? I'm going to try to give you a brief and short of how what is happening today applies to the life of every human being on the face of the earth. Because we already know, depending on the choice that you make, God has separated us into one of two categories of people. Meaning that if you make the choice to seek out God's instructions and try to live your life according to the instructions that he has given us, in the Bible that we have today. Your reward will be based on the rewards that he has set aside for those whom he has categorized as being the righteous. If your choice is to not live according to his instructions, you will receive the reward of those whom he has categorized as being the unrighteous. So it's not what he wants for us because his desire... For each and every one of his creation of the human race is to choose life with him. However, he will not force us to make that choice. And when we think of this, we should consider the consequences of our lifestyle while we're here on the earth. Their job was to take his instructions to the entire world. And we see that in a lot of ways, but particularly we see it when we're reading the books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Particularly when we see in Ezekiel, God says, I have made you a watchman on the wall. So whenever you see a person doing things that could lead to the eternal destruction of their soul, you are to warn that person. This is what the word of God says. We shouldn't do this. Once the watchman has warned that person, this is what the word of God says. We shouldn't do this. That person can either embrace what they've been told and seek out truth for themselves and seek out what they need to do to stop doing whatever it is that God tells them they shouldn't be doing, or they can reject it. It is their choice. If they choose to embrace it and start living their lives according to what God says to do based on what he has given us in this Bible, then when that person dies, God will judge their life by the things that they did while they were still alive, he will see that, okay, you were headed down the wrong road, but you asked for forgiveness and you humbled yourself to ask that I reveal to you my ways of life and you started applying my ways of life to your life and you've been walking in that direction ever since. And as a result of that, when you ask me to forgive you, and to show you the right way, and I showed you the right way, and you started walking in the right way, and you have not left the path of walking in the right way, then I am just to forgive you for what you did prior to humbling yourself and asking for forgiveness and walking in the right way, and you continued walking in it until you died. And as a result of that, your reward is to make it into my eternal kingdom. You will forever be alive in my eternal kingdom. This is the judgment that that individual will receive. God sees it as a righteous judgment because that person did not die in the midst of living the lifestyle that he said we're not to live. That person repented. That person asked for forgiveness. That person asked God to reveal more of himself himself to him or her, and they took what God gave them and started applying it to their life and started living their life based on what he gave them. Contrary to that, you have the person who says, this is my life. I'm going to live it the way I want to. So when the watchman says, God says we're not to do that, they choose to turn their ears off, to not listen, and they make the decision in their heart, this is my life and I'm going to live it the way I want to. You don't get to tell me how to live. And then they die in the midst of living a lifestyle that God says we're not to live. And so they face the creator God and he examines the books and he sees you were warned. The watchman warned you. He said, you're not to do this. This is what my instructions are. But you chose not to humble yourself. You chose not to repent and ask for forgiveness. You chose to live your life by what you thought was the best path for you. And that path that you chose is a path that leads to eternal destruction of your soul. And even though you may be crying and pleading and begging and say, God, I didn't know your actions show that you did know you were warned, but you chose not to heed the warning. Your choice has led you now to a place of eternal separation from me and regardless of how much you cry out, I will not hear your cry. That is the short version of what is going on with the human race on the face of the earth. I'm not going to elaborate on why we are at the place we are at with this coronavirus. We're going to look at how what has happened with the presidential election is going to affect us. Again, I'm coming back to the watchman because what God tells the watchman is that you give the warning. If you warn them and they repent, then that person hath saved their soul. And I will not hold you accountable for not warning them. Because if the watchman does not speak up, God holds the watchman accountable for not speaking up. What if the watchman had not warned him and he continued to live a lifestyle out of ignorance, although the watchman did see and the watchman said nothing? then God will hold the watchman accountable for that person's blood when they die, and he will surely deal with the watchman. I haven't found anywhere written in the scriptures yet where he tells us what the accountability or what the reward is for the watchman who doesn't speak up. But I can imagine it's not a good reward because that person's blood is on the shoulders of the watchman. When the presidential election began or even before it began. All elections here in the United States takes place by the things that are important to the people. At least that's what we are led to believe. I don't believe that's entirely true, but when it comes to the media, what we're able to collect and gather and what they debate on when it comes to their election times and All the things that they say, usually it comes down to what each candidate chooses to make an important issue for the people regarding their responsibility for being a leader for the country. I'm not going to go back to the past election of President Donald Trump. I'm going to focus on what is happening or what has happened during this election. On the one hand, we have... A former vice president, he has made the statement according to what he said during an interview that he had with the Hill newspaper. This is what it reads. In an interview with the Philadelphia Gay News published on Wednesday, this article is dated October the 29th of this year at 6.09 p.m. Eastern time. In an interview with Philadelphia Gay News published on Wednesday. Biden said the LGBTQ plus rights legislation would be one of his top priorities if he wins the White House and Democrats' control both the House and Senate next year. He said, I will make enactment of the Equality Act a top legislative priority during my first 100 days, a priority that Donald Trump opposes. Biden told the newspaper. This is essential to ensuring that no future president can ever again roll back civil rights and protections for LGBTQ individuals, including when it comes to housing. Biden also committed to ensuring immediate and full enforcement of the Equality Act across the federal government. Too many states do not have laws that explicitly protect LGBTQ plus individuals from discrimination, he said. It's wrong to deny people access to services or housing because of who they are or who they love. In May of last year, the House passed the Act, which expands the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Fair Housing Act to ban discrimination in employment, housing, jury selection, and public accommodations based on sexual orientation and gender identity. The Trump administration has opposed the legislation, saying it is filled with poison pills that threaten to undermine parental and conscious rights. Biden also told Philadelphia Gay News that he would direct federal resources to address violence against transgender women, during his first 100 days and passed the LGBT Essential Act to collect data on anti-transgender violence. The former vice president also said he would use America's full range of diplomatic tools to deal with nations that still incarcerate LGBTQ people and allow them to be killed. I'll stand up to bullies and once more put human rights at the center of America's engagement with the world, Biden said. He has been a staunch supporter of LGBTQ plus rights and won the endorsement of over 300 leaders in the movement in August. He is a leader who has stood with the LGBTQ plus community for decades, offering compassion in our moments of uncertainty and policies to move us forward. They wrote in an opt-ed published in USA Today. The Trump administration has made multiple policy decisions seen as anti-LGBTQ+, including its 2017 transgender military ban and throwing out Obamacare's non-discrimination policy for sex and gender equality in June. So, what does the Bible have to say about the LGBTQ? And how does it impact our lives? It really all comes down to a great divide that has already been there for quite some time, for many, many, many years now, and it continues to grow. When I read the Equality Act that has already been passed by the House, there are many things that I see in the Act, and you can go out online and Google Equality Act passed by the House of Congress. There are a lot of things in this Act that impose upon people throughout the nation the tolerance of LGBTQ plus behavior, in my opinion. There are two things that can come from this. It's going to be even more polarization between those who want to live their lives according to the instructions of God, or it's going to come to less polarization and those who are trying to live their lives according to the instructions of God succumbing to living their lives according to the Equality Act. And in that sense, for those who are having issues with gender identity or being pulled to falling in line with the Equality Act, and those who are standing their ground against gender identity will become persecuted even more because of their strong stance on not bending when it comes to the Equality Act, because this act does not only include adult individuals, but it's also going to draw our children into the battle. It's also going to influence what is going on in the home with the parents of children who are not yet of age to be able to make a decision one way or the other. What does the Word of God has to say about it? A lot of people really don't want to hear what the word of God says about it, or they think that it doesn't apply to them. We're going to look at the book of Leviticus chapter 18, beginning at verse 5. You shall therefore keep my statues and my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to him to uncover his nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother, you shall not uncover, she is your mother, you shall not uncover her nakedness, the nakedness of your father's wife, you shall not uncover, it is your father's nakedness, the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother, born at the home or elsewhere, their nakedness, you shall not uncover, The nakedness of your son's daughter, or your daughter's daughter, their nakedness, you shall not uncover, for theirs is your own nakedness the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter begotten by your father she is your sister you shall not uncover her nakedness you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister she is near of kin to your father you shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister for she is near of kin to your mother you shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother you shall not approach his wife she is your aunt you shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter, nor shall you take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are near of kin to you. It is wickedness. Nor shall you take a woman as a rival to her sister, to uncover her nakedness while the other is alive. Also, you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is in her impurity, meaning her customary monthly cycle. Moreover, you shall not lie cardinally with your neighbor's wife to defile yourself with her, and you shall not let any of your descendants pass through the fire of Molech, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with the male as with the woman. It is an abomination. You shall not mate with any animal to defile yourself with it, nor shall any woman stand before an animal to mate with it. It is perversion. Do not defile yourselves with these things, for by all these things the nations are defile which I am casting out before you for the land is defiled therefore I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it and the land vomits out its inhabitants so when god is telling us that we are not to cause our descendants to pass through the fire to molech in essence what he's saying here is that we're not to sacrifice our children through abortion or through religious sacrifices By burning them and sacrificing them on an altar to idol gods. He says that a male is not to lay with the male as he does with the woman. And a woman is not to lay with a woman as she does with the man. And you're not to mate with animals. That's what the word of God has to say on this. So when we look at the sexual immorality alone. When it comes to casting a vote for one presidential candidate, those people that are in the group of wanting to live according to the instructions of God will likely cast their vote for the candidate who is not upholding sexual immorality, having sex with animals. All of these things, regardless of which group you are a part of or which category you fall into, God says we're not to do, period. And even for those who say they want to live their lives according to the instructions of God, if you are doing these things, if you die in doing these things, God will surely hold you accountable for them. I am passionate about these kind of laws because of what happened to me as a child. When we hear of these laws, I certainly agree that a person should not be denied access to housing or be discriminated against because of who they are or who they love. I also agree that a person should not be discriminated against because of their religious convictions and beliefs in the God that they worship. Also, I want to say that I agree that violence should not be committed against any person because of their gender identity. At the same time, I agree that any person dealing with gender identity issues should not deceive, trick, or manipulate other people into getting sexually involved with him or her without first revealing their sexual and gender identity for the purpose of getting physically involved with that person. When we hear of these laws that Congress has passed, for the purpose of the LGBTQ plus community, I question where are the laws being passed to facilitate the people who live their lives according to the instructions of God and for their beliefs and religious identity? Because as things seem to stand, this definitely seems to be one-sided. Let me clarify to you that in the eyes of Yah, sin is a disease. It's a flesh disease. As with all untreated diseases, eventually this flesh disease will take your life. The only cure for it is repentance. Stop where you're at, make a 180 degree turn, and ask Yah to forgive you and start applying His instructions in your life. And this does not apply just to the LBGTQ community. It applies to all of the human race. Because as I was reading to you from the book of Leviticus, God did not just address the sins of sexual immorality with a man lying with another man and a woman lying with another woman. He addressed all sexual immorality from having sex with your loved ones, your relatives, your parents, descendants of your parents, relatives of your parents, their children, you name it, God included it. To include not having sex with the woman while she's on her menstrual cycle or having sex with animals. And if you're not to have sex with animals, you're not to have sex with dead bodies. And if you're not to have sex with your relatives, you're not to have sex with small children. So all flesh disease, not just sexual flesh diseases, but flesh disease regarding money, flesh disease regarding getting deeply involved with plotting and scheming to achieve your agenda at the cost of other people's lives, other people's ability to maintain, operate, and have a decent life for themselves is also a disease. And God has said that the only way to be healed of a flesh disease is through repentance and ask him to heal you and to start applying his instructions in your life. No amount of laws can force a person who have been cured of a flesh disease to want to mingle with the another person contaminated with the very disease they have worked at overcoming and being cured from. Let's not forget that Yah tells us in his word that the land that he took our ancestors into were doing all of these things. The land became so sick that it vomited out the people. The land could not do its role to take care of the people through their food supply through the climate, because of the sins that they were doing in the land. The land is a living creature. And y'all tells us this in his word. So if the land became so sick that it vomited out the people because of all of the evil doings they were into, is that not the same thing happening for us today? Sexual immorality is not just in this country, but it's in the entire world. And we often have a tendency to judge one sexual immorality over another. However, it is all sin to him. Sin is sin is sin to God. So when we think about the Paris Accord Agreement to save our environment, our climate, and all the laws the world leaders has come to an agreement on that needs to be implemented in order to save our climate. I find it sad in a way that they have not considered or maybe they have considered but simply refused to because they think they know more than Yah. And the fact that nobody is talking about turning back to Yah, applying his instructions in our lives, taking care of the family, everything that has been done to tear the family apart and implement laws that walk contrary to God as opposed to implementing laws that walk according to God's instructions would be a whole lot less expensive for the world. And it will work because no amount of money invested into a climate agreement is going to save our climate. That's just the bottom line, folks. And I'm sure this is not a message people want To hear because people have a tendency to cling to their fleshly desires. It's not an easy thing to walk away from your fleshly desires and to put your life as you know it into the hands of a God that you cannot see. However, just because you cannot see him does not mean that he does not exist, and it does not mean that he does not care, and it does not mean that that he does not have the ability to heal the things that are wrong with our planet and in our world and in our society as a human race. Also, as I was reading this article written in the Philadelphia Gay News, you know, when I am curious about some things, not pray and ask God to reveal things to me, sometimes it takes a while before I get an answer from him. But in the midst of reading this Philadelphia Gay News, it came to me. Joe Biden makes a commitment to enact the Equality Rights Act to the LGBTQ community within 100 days of being president. Congress has already passed this act. Since Congress has already passed it, Joe Biden only needs the Senate to pass it. And he has made a commitment to them that within 100 days, of getting into office as the new president. He plans to enact this equality rights bill. And then the dots started to fall in place. We have here Philadelphia in the great state of Pennsylvania, where at one time, last week, Donald Trump, President Trump, was over 800,000 votes in the lead of winning the state of Pennsylvania for the electoral count that he needed to become or to stay seated in the position of the president. All of a sudden, we have hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots that shows up, and almost every single one of them is for Joe Biden. Philadelphia, Gay News, the great state of Pennsylvania, and different counties throughout the state are receiving only mail-in ballots that has given Joe Biden the lead over 800,000 votes that had already been cast earlier in the day towards President Trump. And then the next thing that came to me was the state of Georgia had the same issue going on. And Atlanta has one of the highest gay populations in the South. And all the counties that comes up counting mail-in ballots for Joe Biden comes in by the hundreds of thousands. And I can't help but to think now, how are the other states connected when it comes to this promise of enacting a bill that Congress has already passed in favor of the LGBTQ community in this country that Donald Trump disagrees with? We're fighting against spiritual principalities in this world. I have revealed to you what God has shown to me, a coven of witches preparing to celebrate the victory of getting Joe Biden elected. I'm just telling you what my experience was and what God revealed to me and placed on my mind and in my heart. This information I am sharing with you so that you will know. It doesn't necessarily mean that those who are of authority in this world will step up to the plate and do the right thing as pertaining to this election. So all we can do is prepare ourselves, pray, put it in God's hands, prepare ourselves. And with that, I will bring this podcast episode to a close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, Abba Yah, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for your mercies, for your grace, for your love and your patience and your kindness with those of us in the human race who have made the decision to stop where we were, did a 180 degree turn and placed our trust in you and accepted in our hearts your instructions and to live them out in our lives. You have promised us that you will never leave us nor forsake us once we turn to you and start being obedient to your instructions in our lives. When it comes to this particular presidential election, knowing, as you have revealed to me, that witchcraft is involved with this plot, as well as people who sit in high places with deep pockets full of money, who are trying to control the world. And the sad thing is, Father, they're controlling it through wickedness, And all of their agenda is wickedness. We need you, Father, to step in. We need you to fight the battle of evil forces in wicked places, doing wicked things that we can only know about or see if you revealed it to us, your people. And in this particular case, I'm truly thankful for you revealing it to me because at least it brings closure to me as far as answers go. I would hate to think that our system is so messed up that there's no hope towards our leaders having the ability to do the right thing. So I say, Father, take a look at the situation. You be the judge. You be the one to hand out the rewards to each who are involved in the scheme according to your judgment. And Father, if your judgment is to let things continue as they are, then I know that you have your reason for doing that as well, because it is not your will that any should perish, but that all should turn around, stop what they're doing, and turn to you and face walking towards you. I also pray and ask Father that you will please give us your servants here on the earth the ability and the power to not take any of this personal, to keep our eyes focused on you, and to accept your will because you are the just judge. Strengthen us through the days ahead and the tribulations that faces us as your people and faces the world. And particularly, Father, I ask that you please shelter our children, the little children of the world, in our homes, in their schools, on their playgrounds, no matter where they are or what they are doing. They are the innocent victims, Father and I ask that you please surround them with your shield of protection. Particularly, Father, keep them from child abusers, child molesters and pedophiles, child rapists, child murderers, child enslavers, all who are doing wicked and evil against our children. I pray that you will send out your forces against them and protect our children and keep them in the safety and the peace in the palm of your hands. And also, Father, I ask that you will please be with the parents of these children and help them to remember that you have given them a task to raise their children according to your instructions. We are to teach our children about you. When we sit down, when we walk by the way, before we go to bed at night, we are to have a conversation with our children about you, our Creator, the loving God who holds His children in the palm of His hand and fights their battles for them. Strengthen us in this task, Father, as the forces of evil in this world is piled up high against us. Their desire is to destroy the family unit completely and take control of the young minds of our children for generations to come. But I know, Father, they can do nothing without your approval. So be with us, walk with us, Father, lead us and guide us, bless us with discernment, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, strength, and encourage us as we go through these dark days that are now upon the earth and have been for quite some time. But the days seem to be getting darker now as we grow closer to the return of our Messiah Yeshua, our Savior. Hear my prayers, Father, and keep our feet on your path of light as a guide to us as we go in search of your instructions. These things, Father, we ask and pray for in the name of Yeshua, our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah.